Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs, the show that continues to stream stories of entrepreneurship, leadership in real time on how people are dealing with this economy, how leaders and entrepreneurs are dealing with this economy. Our next guest is Nancy Lurker, CEO of iPoint Pharma. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Well, Nancy, we, I think we got a few things to talk about. You've got quite a long little bio I've been looking at. So why don't we start by talking first about iPoint Pharma, what it is? Yeah, iPoint Pharmaceuticals is a drug delivery uh, ophthalmology company. We're really a biotech ophthalmology company. And what we have is a proprietary, tiny little bioerodible insert that gets injected into the back of the eye. And I know it sounds terrible to your listeners, but unfortunately, in the eye diseases that we are in clinical trials with, millions of these patients get regular monthly or every other month eye injections. And therein lies the problem. So ours is a six-month, as opposed to what's on the market today, which is every month or every other month, uh, a little insert that gets inserted in the back of the eye, Uh, In the doctor's office, it's a very simple one-time injection. And instead of having to go in, as I said, every month or every other month with the big drugs, Ilea, Lucentis, and now a new one out from Roche, which is Vibismo, and about 25% of patients there are able to get out to once every four months, we believe we can get potentially... 50% 50% or more of patients out every six months to get the this injection and this bioerodible drug getting released into the back of the eye. Well, obviously it all sounds good. I assume you're still in clinical trials. Is that correct? We are. Yeah. So we're, uh, we are, have two phase two studies and for your listeners who just a little bit of quick introduction, you've got your preclinical, which you have to get, you know, animal uh, toxicology and make sure that it works in the animal. Then you go into humans phase one. That's to test your safety. Uh, and we already, we released our phase one. So safety was number one. And then we also did look at efficacy. That was 17 patients. We call that our Davio one study. And we had terrific results. Very, very safe. Uh, and this, we've, this is insert has been approved in four other FDA drugs. So we know our drug delivery technology works. Uh, the only issue was the, it's a new active drug inside the insert called Verolineb. And in phase one, it worked very well. There's another number of other companies that are looking at ty- these anti-VEGF tyrosine kinase inhibitors. They've showed good results as well, but their drug delivery isn't as good. Uh, and now we're in phase two with two in two eye diseases, wet AMD and uh, diabetic retinopathy. And some of your listeners may either have it themselves or they may have family members who have these diseases because unfortunately they're quite common, particularly with the baby boomers getting older. It's a primarily a disease of the aging. Well, my mother had uh, eye problems as a type one diabetic and I watched for years as her eyes got worse and it's, it's quite a concerning area and I've heard it from many diabetics about their eyesight. So, so this is, uh, I don't want to call it a technology, but this is, this is a disruptive process that you've developed, correct? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. We very much believe that it is uh, a major, major innovation should the phase two results report out well. Because there's two things that go on. And just to to uh, touch on your point, Jeffrey, about, you know, this is blindness we're talking about. You know, you it's it. I don't if you if your listeners just think about if anything was to happen to you would not want to have happened. Usually eyesight is near the top is terrible when you lose your eyesight. So as a result, it's really quite compelling for us in the company just to know, for me, that I get up every morning, I know I'm working on some diseases to help prevent blindness. And these are some of the leading causes of blindness in the elderly. And by elderly, by the way, this starts at 60. And even with diabetic retinopathy can start in your 40s, but they're progressive diseases. If you don't get these treatments consistently for the rest of your life, there's no cure right now you will more than likely go blind. And so, but at these, we know these treatments basically stop the progression of the disease. The problem is, is that it's, think about it, for the rest of your life, you got to go in and get your eye injected every month or every other month for the rest of your life. So guess what happens? They don't do it. Patients can't do it. It's physically impossible. And so what we see from the large databases, because I said there's millions of patients that are getting these injections, that eyesight keeps deteriorating. So we think it is disruptive to be able to have a bio-rotable, tiny little insert, gets injected no different than the injections today from the, from the large molecule suspensions that can get patients, a majority of patients, out to once every six months. We think that that could really impact um, saving people's eyes. So I... Uh... I have a friend who I spoke to on the weekend in Montreal. He's about 90, diabetic. Mm. And uh, I guess he was at Montreal Eye and Ear. And how long until this is going to be marketed really mainstream? And is this going to be cost prohibitive compared to what's out there today? Yeah, good questions. So right now, it looks like we'll probably file the NDA around 2026, maybe 2027. So it'll be 27, 28. So it is going to be a little bit before it's out. But what I would say is that if our phase two data, which is going to report out in December, if the phase two data looks great, we're very soon within uh, probably six to eight months, we plan to start our phase three studies. Those are going to be large global studies. So if patients who are listening or you have people you know who have this disease, we could, you know, you could get enrolled in one of the studies because these are large studies, anywhere from 600 to 900 patients, and we have to do two of them for approval. So, uh, you know, though it's not the millions of patients that we hope ultimately can can benefit from this, but um, that's one option is to enroll in one of the clinical studies. But other than that, it will be 27, 28 time period before it's approved and on the market. So, uh, Nancy, clearly uh, you have to have a lot of experience to be in a position that you're in. And I'm always interested in the entrepreneurial journey to how you got to where you are today. A little bit like the Wizard of Oz. Can you tell us about your yellow brick road to where you are today? Yeah. So, look, I um, I grew up a simple girl in Oregon when it was, you know, I, you know, I, nobody in my family went to college and I was just always very driven and so I wanted to go to college and uh, my parents had no money. And um, so, but my, my dad was a minister. So I went to a free Methodist university that offered discounts to 
children who came from ministers' families. And so I was able to work my way through college, and I fell in love with the sciences. Never In high school, I always liked sciences as well. And I just, I had some professors who really took me under their wing. And remember, it's always about, you never realize the impact you're having on people's lives. What an impact they had on my life just to say, you know what, you can do this. You, you know, you've got the skills, you, you love the science, and we're going to help you. Um, and so they really helped me realize I could do more than I ever thought possible. Um, and so I graduated with, with a degree in biology and basically a degree in chemistry as well. Um, and then I ended up just kind of falling into the pharma as a sales rep. No, at that time, this was back in the eighties, you know, nobody knew about pharma. We were selling not that interesting of drugs, antibiotics mostly. Um, and as I just, you know, and then I got my master's working at night and then I just kept, I was able by taking some risks and just thinking about my career and advocating for myself to my bosses I just kept being promoted. And so I spent most of my career in big pharma. And then after one of the, I was with Pharmacia that got bought out by Pfizer. And at that point I said, you know what? I'm going to take another risk. I want to go work for a small company and I'm going to aim to be a CEO. And part of it is at that point, you look around at your peer group and you realize you can do this. So I took a risk. And at that point, I'll be candid with you. Nobody would hire a woman as a CEO so I ended up working for a company that was in dire straits, a small little company, and I took that company to profitability and then ultimately went to another company that was public and now at iPoint for six years. But it's, you know, it's I've, I've made a lot of mistakes and I've always tried two things. I've always tried to learn from my mistakes so I don't repeat them. And the second thing is you really realize how much you have to hire a good team. It's really not about me. Like right now at iPoint, we have got a fantastic team and I have to rely on them. They're the ones executing a lot of this. My job is just more like the orchestra conductor. So I would say for your listeners, well, three things I would say, you've got to be willing to take risk. And a lot of people, if you're uncomfortable with risk, that's okay. It's not for everybody. These are stressful jobs. And that's perfectly okay to say, that's, I don't want to be in the C-suite. Um, but if you do like to take some risk and you like that drive and that passion, be willing to take some career risks and then learn, learn, learn. And it's okay when you make mistakes. Pick yourself back up, learn from that mistake, and carry on. Well, I mean, it makes me so happy to hear you say these things for our listeners. I'd agree with you. I haven't had the limitations of being a woman, but half of my clients have always been female leaders. And quite frankly, they just seem on average to have much more of a team and inclusive concept of leadership, which I think a lot of old fashioned men could learn from. And I've tried to say this to male <laughs> leaders my whole life who try to be the sole hero in too many companies. And, yeah. and, and so I, I, I love hearing your story. I love hearing about your journey. I really hope iPoint uh, Pharmaceuticals can make it to the goal line. And uh, I really am banking on you. I love what you're saying. I hope you come back and stay connected with us. If someone wants to learn more about you and iPoint, how can they find you? Uh, you can go under our website, iPointPharma.com. Uh, and there's all the information's on there. We're also publicly traded. Our ticker's EYPT. Um, and pay attention to December when we'll have our phase two readout. We're very, obviously it's blinded, so I don't know the results so far, uh, but we're very excited about the potential of that study. 
And more than anything, Jeffrey, let me just mention, I mean, it's really about patients and, and being able to give treatments to patients to help save their eyesight. That's what really is I'm most passionate about. It's a wonderful thing. Look, uh, even my dog, we were, he had cataract surgery. We were giving him yeah. five drops a day yeah. for 10 years. So yeah, for those of you with dogs or, or particularly cataracts, very common, I'll put a pitch in and you can really give your dog some needed eyesight with, they do it very commonly now is uh, cataract surgery in dogs. Well, my dog had cataract surgery and um, <laughs> you no, know, why not? I think it's great. I think it's great. So I'm sure I spent more on my dog than my mother spent on me as a child getting <laughs> surgery. So, I want to thank you for being on Radio today. And I look forward to meeting you again. You are an exciting person and an exciting company. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jeffrey. Appreciate it.